episode 159 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley from Wiley's Scale Modeling. So we're back from a two-week break, a nice refresher, or kind of, if you guys heard about my dad, so we don't need to get into it, but if you're online, you know about it. Um, didn't really get to relax much, but we're back, and um, we have a special guest on tonight. We have Bernard Helen from Mini Prints and miniprints.ca. So welcome, guys. My dad's here, too, I think, still. I am. I am. <laughs> but th- welcome, Bernard. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So you're our, here. You're our first guest of the new year. Um, and We've been trying to get him since, like, early November. <laughs> but we've, oh, man, we've, we've had things going on, and he's had things going on. So That's so his life. Rock now. Just, yeah. But, Start the year off with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this is it. Let's get into um, you know, a little bit about Bernard. Um and how you got in, you know, we we know a little bit about you and if our listeners don't know about your mini prints company, um we'll get into that in a little bit. But let's kind of get your background and the, you know, what you do with the with the hobby mainly. Um how you got into model railroading and then kind of what led you to um like where you're at now with mini prints, which is pretty cool. So it all started about ah, 54 years ago, and uh, it's it's been crazy since then. No, I, <laughs> I started. You know, it's funny. It's I, I'm you know most of the guests that come on start talking about you know how they had a, a model railroad when they were eight and you know got into the hobby with the you know the first Lionel set you know and 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 I I really wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of came to model railroading quite late in life. Um, I only started really in the hobby about seven years ago. Um, so, you know, I did, I mean, I did have, or more specifically, my dad did have, you know, the train set when I was aged eight. Mm-hmm. I think it probably lasted about maybe a month. You know, neither of us were really interested in it back then. I think, you know, mid seventies or early seventies, everyone had to have that sort of, you know, Tyco, you know, train set that you got from the you know the the retail store uh sure. but you know it, it we never really sort of i mean i wasn't a modeler throughout you know most of my life i i came to it quite late i mean one thing i was, I was thinking about this because trying to figure out how i did get into the hobby and I, I do remember i built like a ton of plastic kits as a kid so you know like uh, battleships and and uh you know fighter jets and you know those Ravel plastic kits and sure. I remember I built like a whole like uh, a World War One Red Baron balsa wood. <laughs> I know, remember monstrosity, this. <laughs> you know, with covered with the thing called dope, you know, that model yeah. sort of glue that would get you high as a kid. And, you know, so I was always like I was always really like, I guess, crafty, you know, like I like building things as a kid. But but model trains weren't really on my radar. And uh, it, it's interesting. Because it kind of started, you know, seven-ish years ago, uh, and I had been running my own graphic design agency. So I'm I'm a recovering graphic designer, <laughs> and I, I'd been running my own graphic design agency for about twenty years at that point. And I just transitioned to a new job, and for the first time in twenty years, I was you know working for a company, and it was a great job, and it was really interesting, but it wasn't creative. So that sort of 
create a bitch was missing. You know, that sort of, well, I know you guys have that like need to be working on a project or building something, you know, that, mm-hmm. that create a oh, feeling yeah. of like I made it and, you know, you kind of right. like hold it up and stick it on the fridge and, you know, you go, wow, I made something <laughs> cool. And I had that as a designer, but like the minute I stopped my, my design company and went to work for the man, that was missing. And it's funny because the, the company owned a paper mill. So I was like a sales rep for a paper company and they owned a, a paper mill up in Northern Quebec and it was rail served. And I started watching the trains come into this thing. You know, when I went to visit the mill, I'm like, Hey, you know, trains are really cool, you know? And I, I kind of thought, ah, oh, you know, I should probably try and model that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how my model railroad journey, you know, came about and it started, you know, with uh, the standard four by eight, and and then, you know, of course, you know, that lasted five seconds, and then it exploded <laughs> into the entire basement. So it, yeah, it's funny it's how not that happens, like huh? Yeah, exactly. I, I've got a funny story about that too, but um, but yeah, it, it it wasn't sort of that sort of. You, know, you hear a lot of people, or at least I hear a lot of people in interviews, you know talk about that sort of been in it my whole life, took a break at, you know, university, came back to it. And it really, for me, it's funny because it it really was less about trains and more about just building a little miniature world. Hmm. And I guess I've kind of heard you guys talk about that too on your podcast a bit about how the trains add scenery, like they're, they're the revolving actors. Yeah. It's like a, it's a moving scenery. Moving scenery. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's kind of how it started. And then, yeah. of course, you get addicted. Are you a train <laughs> guy or a scenery guy? Totally a scenery guy. <laughs> totally a scenery guy. And it's yeah. funny because and – and I'm kind of like a, a distracted by shiny objects guy. So, <laughs> like, you know, you like asked me like five years ago I was a bench work guy and then – you know, like after that, I became a wiring guy and then I got tired of all that stuff. And then I became a scenery guy. And then I thought, well, wait, these trains are cool. And I bought way too many locomotives. So then I became a train guy. <laughs> but then, but then, oh, I built a river and it was really cool. So, you know, it's like, you know, like squirrel, right? You know, it's like you guys have dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I have a big like, like squirrel. He goes out in the yard yeah. to do his business and he sees a, a, a butterfly and that's it. But and he's yeah. eight years old. He's never learned. Yeah, you know, he, yeah, he's exactly. totally distracted. I, I'm kind of that way too. I think Brett is as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's how I am. I'm I'm the beagle in the backyard chasing the butterfly. But it, for me, it's like down on the train set. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh oh locomotive yeah oh I should weather that and then it's like ooh scenery but but no overall I'm a scenery guy absolutely hundred percent. And yeah. I, you know I think I think that's a lot of. Uh, the people that, that are on our show, uh, a lot of the people we have now are are really into the buildings, and and that's kind of what we focus on a lot with our with our show. We're trying to try different avenues. Um, uh, you mentioned uh, I'm doing a model tank right now, which is 135th scale, and it has nothing to do with model railroading. Uh, it's just that, it's that distraction for me. And uh, yeah. but you know we we love the scenery and we love the detail. And, and and everything else. Don't get me wrong, we don't hate trains. We're just we 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 have trains on our layout. They run. We run DCC. We got some nice engines, and some and some rolling stock, and and it all works. 
you know, it, it's it's. But to us, it's that it's everything around it that makes that that railroad come to life with it, and um, and that's kind of what your product does is, and and, and we'll get into that short, shortly well, as soon as we get uh, start talking about your uh, your product and the mini prints business. But um, you know those details. Yeah, you know, one of the things I often say, uh, I don't want to take the show here or nothing, but one of the things I've often said is, yes, I can build a building, okay, and it'll look awesome, okay, when it's getting built. We all do. We, all, you know, all the people that listen to the show, you know, are all getting either at that level or getting to that level or learning, and they build it. And just like you said, we put it up on a shelf. We go, oh, look what I built. That's great. But that building is nothing until it has some people on it or a dog in front of it or a dog house in the yard or, you know, these little small details and, and parts and things that are what make it come to life. So if we take a photograph of our of our creation, we see the building and, and it's just a blank building. OK, it may have some grass around it or whatever, which helps, too. Okay, the scenery, but until we start adding the life to our to our to our buildings and mm-hmm. our scenery, it it just it it looks like a, a barren world. As soon as you start adding the people and the animals and the, the detailed parts, uh, that's what starts to to draw it all out. So it's it's companies like yours that. And uh, bring bring life to our layouts. And let's let's um let's start digging into that a little bit. So it's companies like yours that allow us not only to uh, how do I want to say it? like not only to add detail, but specifically yours add detail that uh, I mean I just flat out haven't seen anywhere else, which is really really cool. I mean you got well, it's super detailing, right? Yeah, you, I, I yeah. Like you have a skunk. I'm, I'm looking detailing. at detailing. Super detailing would be the word. Yes. Yeah. And and the and the guys in the hobby who I really really love and respect and admire and you know the gods to me mm-hmm. uh, post pictures on Facebook, and not every time, not everyone, not every time, but every now and then, you know, you look at it and you go, no, 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 no way, no way, that is a model. That's real. Yeah. And it's happening. I mean, more and more modelers are hitting that level where you really, really have to convince yourself, okay, I know this is a model. Like, my eyes think it's real. I'm sure it's real. But I know the guys just posted a model picture. And that's what I love. Like, that is... Coding is, like, it's not a hard form. Absolutely. It is. That is what it is. Modeling is an art form. That's a, that's tight. a great sense. Yeah, what is all that banging around here? I just had a – God, this is just like the sign of the times. I just – 10 seconds ago, I just had my audio drop from just your guys only on my left – only in the left-hand side of my ear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get it. I think there's well, – I kept hearing all this typing going on. No, it was not typing. It's me banging around trying to pull every lever I have on my soundboard trying to get the sound back. All right, we're back. I think they're pulled for that. I think they're pulled for that. Jeez. <laughs> Take something for that. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back? Yeah, uh, I only missed so, like 10 hi. seconds there. 
Okay. Hi, I'm Bernard Helen, uh, <laughs> owner of a company called Miniprint. <laughs> so how did you get your start in a hobby? No, I'm just kidding. Jeez. Uh, real quick here. Now, before we go any further, before we go any further, let's give them the 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 um the uh, link to that. So it's uh, it's miniprints.ca. Okay, miniprints.ca. Yes. Um. Okay. And and that's it. And you, I mean, you have uh, imagination. Uh, like no other with some of these small prints, uh, just cool stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Things I would have never thought to have on my layout, but now I want them on my layout. Uh, <laughs> now what? I know. Sorry, I'm sorry looking about up that. one now. Bernard sent me pheasant. some of this I like the pheasants. Sorry. He sent me some of the product. Okay. And, uh, which is really cool. And they're themed. Um, he gave me, I think, November's print of the month and December's print of the month. And uh, just for example, it's neat because he, he has them themed. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to turn my head away from the microphone. <laughs> um, and I'll, it, they're made out of a – they're all made out of like a blue – like a blue material uh, – blue – is it resin? Yep. It's my own custom mix. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. It's his own custom mix resin. And it's really, really cool because – it's not that super shiny looking resin you get, you know, it's got, it's got texture to it. Now I haven't tried to paint one yet, but I'm wondering if that, because of that, it gives it a little extra teeth uh, to your paint to, so your paint sticks or, you know, I mean, I, I would still probably, we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment, but what's neat is they're very unique pieces. Like, so for November, we think of, in November, we think about hunting season, okay? And we think about Thanksgiving, okay? And here he's got, he said, there's two hunters, one uh, in a kneeling position and one in a standing position with the rifles. Now, we, here, I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, and the one rifle has a scope. I mean, we're talking detail on these things. <laughs> it has a scope. It's just a in tiny a, little scope. In HO scale, yeah. And when you zoom in, because I put my, I put my vision, um, I have one of those goggle sets. It's really nice for, you know, magnifying thing. Um, vision aid, it's called. And it's something new I bought, and it's really nice. But it has, um, I, I can zoom in. And I, you, the details on the faces, on the pockets of the jackets, um, it, it's really cool. I was checking it out the other night, Bernard. It's it's like the extreme detail I haven't seen before. Um, yeah, people with people with OCD probably should get into model railroading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I was thinking about the scope. I'm like, how am I going to use that? Because we, you know, we we modeled in the 1930s and 40s, mm -hmm. so they didn't have. I don't think they had a scope quite like that on hunting, right? Maybe they did. I don't know much That's about hunting. That's the problem. When you get the snippers out. Yeah, I was thinking right that off. same thing. I'll just cut the snipper off. Uh, we'll yeah. snip it off. But um, anyways, I thought that was kind of cool. Now there's going to be somebody for sure telling us that there, there, were, uh, <laughs> there were scopes on rifles back in 1919 during the Civil War. Okay, so oh, actually, though, the, but the, you know, though, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole, but they, there were, Dad. There were, I know. Anyways, we, we don't need to go we, there. We reversed on that, but 
Yes. I think so, we're going to do the next 15 to 20 minutes on how accurate the, uh, <laughs> the scope yeah. is for the 1930s. And right. <laughs> I'm going to have to redo a 1930s version of them. Now. Our listeners will take care of that for us. No problem. They always throw some facts. You'll, we'll get emails and stuff going, oh, that wasn't true. That wasn't like that. You know, but anyways, please forward. Please forward we'll yeah. Yeah. So what? So and now we got. Here's another thing, Brett. We got in this packet just for the theme. We're going to continue on with this hunting theme. There's two pheasants and two dogs. One's a pointer with his leg lifted, and one is. It looks like a Springer Spaniel, maybe a hunting dog. Flush him out. Okay. Field spaniel. Okay, a field spaniel. Okay, yeah, but you can I probably paint that up to be either any any of those kinds. A spaniel, sure. Hunt. Sure. Yeah. And, and uh, so, um, and so so detailed on the ears of the dogs, and especially the pointer's ears. I, I've seen people try and do do dogs before. In fact, I have some in a box somewhere that I haven't painted yet, and uh, they're metal and and they're decent. You don't get me wrong, um, but these have. This dog, you can look at it before it's painted, and I, I can instantly say that's a pointer, and it's a realistic pointer. It doesn't look like a cartoon, you know? Some dogs that are printed have a cartoonish look in moderarity, and these do not. It is, but so now you have the hunter, and you have the dogs and the pheasants, and then the last part of this, of this portion um, is... Uh, two turkeys, he said. So these are the turkeys as well that you they would hunt, and they have these little itty bitty. And you know, I guess you got to be very careful with these really itty bitty tiny little legs. Uh, but they're so so detailed. So so the you forgot the best you forgot the best part of the night. I didn't get to that part yet. The best part. The best part in that part. box was a pair of pigs. With wings. So when pigs fly, I'm guessing, is where we go with that. Love it. So That's where you going. Yep. And then you can apply that to hunters when they come back with their stories and their tales of their hunting ex- escapades. Uh, and they say, well, that that deer or that uh, that pheasant was this big. That, you know, oh, yeah, when pigs fly. So <laughs> that kind of thing. Or I'll get one of those one of these years. You know, and uh, that kind of thing. But. It's so cool. It's very, very. That's a very creative thing. These wings with the pigs with the wings on them, and uh, it is that is something unique that I've never. You'll never see that from anywhere. Um, so so ingenious. So so the detail. So what on I them. sent you. What mm-hmm. I sent you there, um, and I, I was trying to figure out. Like I wanted to give you a flavor for the company and give right. you a sort of. And I'm really glad it arrived because cross-border shipping and the holidays. I was hoping you'd get it in time. But that's the Mini Prince of the Month Club. So I sent you the Mini Prince of the Month Club for November and for December. Okay. And that's my that's kind of like that I've got a bunch of Mini Prince of the Month Club subscribers. Those are kind of like the really fun limited edition creative, wild, wacky stuff that uh-huh. I produce for this Mini Prince of the Month Club. And right. it's kind of like what I promise is like every month you'll receive it's all HO scale because I want it to sort of just make it simple and standard. 
but every month it's a set of animal mini prints per month, a set of seasonal mini prints, mm-hmm. and a set of mystery mini prints. Hmm. And it allows me to kind of like, you know, kind of like be creative. It's that yeah. scratching that creative itch, right? It's like oh, having yeah. fun. And some of those then become products. So some of those you'll find on the miniprints.ca website. And mm-hmm. some of them are just kind of like unique and fun for the mini prints of the bump club subscribers. Like a one-off. But it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of, like that's kind of my, like, yeah, you can go on and I've got, I don't know, probably like a hundred different animals on the website now. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like, you know, the fun creative outlet. And it's also, that's where I do sort of my product development. So, you know, you do it for the mini prints of the month club and then, you know, you go, oh, okay, I invested all this time and effort. Yeah, that should be a product, or that one didn't work, or whatever. Right. It kind of let you. It let you. It, it was. I was just gonna say, let you experiment with the uh, different prints you have in your brain. That you're like, oh, I wonder if I could do this. Totally, totally, because that's all about it. And and I have to admit, so two funny stories about that. The pig was a request. So somebody said, and, and I'll get into that, but. Um, I'll, I'll take the compliment and thank you. I am crazy creative and I am crazy with the emphasis <laughs> on crazy. Uh, but a lot of these things really, you know, I, I got to be honest, a lot of these are requests. And the best things like the flying pigs and everything like that are, you know, people saying, hey, you should do this. Like I had a guy contact me last night, like the emails coming fast and furious. You know what you should do? You know what you should do? And I've had some really <laughs> funny stories about things I have not done. So, you, you know, we can talk about all the requests that I will not do. They go right into the, uh, right into the file, right into the filing bin. Yeah, oh, I can't even imagine. Right into the, right into the funny story, some of which I can and some of which I cannot tell you. Um, but uh, the Flying Pig total request last night, request came in and I love this. I love it. I'm working on it right now, actually. It's right on the computer. Guy said, you should do a foamer. Do you guys know what a foamer is? The guy watching trains on the side of the track. You got it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he said, I want a foamer for my layout, a.k.a. rail fan. So I'm working on a guy with a camera right now, you know, HO scale, you know, standing there watching the trains go by. And oh, a lot great. of these come come from requests. Oh, wow. You see, I have another guy, yeah. another foamer. You have a guy with a camera, and then you have the guy next to him with his hands up in the air, like waving at the train <laughs> or doing some kind totally, of dance. Totally. Doing the like pull your horn, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's too funny. Like, get a guy, got to get a guy flying the drone too now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Oh, it's, it's endless. So the you mentioned the, um, the hunting hounds and specifically the pointer. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story about that that German short-haired pointer that that you were talking about, and that's that's really an interesting sort of, I think, story about you know this whole three D printing thing and where the hobby is going and and you know where you find inspiration and all that. Um, that is actually a scan that I did, believe it or not, of like a really old statue that hmm. I found in my parents' house. So. It's, probably like you know 150 200 year old you know one of these bronzes yeah and um i pulled out my apple iphone that has scanning capability so if you've got one of the later generation iphones you have a scanner in your pocket basically and there's a great little program tons of them actually that you can get and you download right onto your iphone and i just 3d scanned this bronze statue that my parents had in their house 
And I figure, you know, copyright's not an issue. This thing's 200, you know, 150 years old. Um, and it was probably, I don't know, maybe about 18, 20 inches, you know, long or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And I scanned it with my, my Apple iPhone. And that's how, that's how that guy came into being. And all those realistic folds in the ears and everything you see there were in the bronze. Wow. And it picked oh, wow. it up just off, like this, off your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Honey, I sure now it takes some software to sort of, you know, there's some finessing. The file yeah. And yeah. Fix it. Oh yeah. It's like 30 seconds of, of scanning followed by like six hours of cleaning <laughs> up and, you know, fixing it. <laughs> That's where the recovering graphic designer, you know, serves me well. But, yep. um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, honey, I shrunk the dog. Like, we're all walking around with these, like, little mini HO scale shrink rays in our pocket. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, one of the cool things, and I think you feature on it, and it's one of the really, really cool, unique things we talked about here before um, on the show a lot is – we years over the last couple of years, I've been trying to get pelicans. And there's a couple of couple, not pelicans, not, not pelicans. Damn it! Um, I have some uh, if you want. I, I know I, you do, I have some of this. Kuzwick <laughs> as a gift uh, ordered some pelicans from you and had them sent to me along with some crabs. By the way, oh, so I have wow. some of your crabs. Nice. I haven't even painted them yet, but they're going to be perfect for our our waterfront. And um, oh, great. I, and I have some crab bo- uh, crab crates and things like that, so we're we're gonna put them right on top of that and paint them up. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 cool. Now, but one of the things that's really neat is you have birds, and you don't just have a couple birds; you have all kinds of birds. And birds are one of the things when we were talking about seagulls. They either look uh, really good or they look weird, real weird. We, yeah, they either are done really. No, actually, I haven't even seen many that are real good, okay, <laughs> until now, okay. But a lot of the ones I've seen are just pretty hideous looking. They're just like some things with wings. Um, but now we, we're talking about oh, – I'm looking at a peacock right now, and it's down to the feathers, the types of feathers, the shape, the size. Everything is proportionate. It, it, and, and it's not just that bird. It's all these birds, the ravens. Uh, woodpeckers, roadrunners. There are seagulls. Oh my god, these seagulls are awesome, Brett. I'm they're looking incredible. at them now. For I know time. I have them up. They're insane. I mean, I have some seagulls right now in our layout, but they they're not like this. Oh my word. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're. I'm sorry. Go go ahead. No, no, they're big sellers. People love the seagulls. Well, and, and the eagle. Oh my word, the eagle! I'm an eagle person. I love the the American <laughs> bald eagle. I think it's one of the most beautiful creatures that uh, that God has created. I just I, I feel I, I feel something when I see those, and um, it, you have it down to the detail on the wings and the feathers, and the whole aspect of this of this majestic bird. It's like something you'll never be able to really purchase for your railroad, uh, for your detailing and for your scenery, unless you go to mini prints and get this, this is something else. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to blow up your head or nothing, 
Your details. No, no, no. I keep, keep it sick, going. Man. You know, I love it. Just, just uh, no. I'll take it. More, more. <laughs> it's sick. Good. It is sick. Good. And 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 that's what I love about about this. But is all? Do you have a penchant for birds? Because you really yeah, do, do a actually. lot of birds. I do. I really do. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I kind of do. And it's funny you mentioned the bald eagle because I just saw one um, over the holidays. We were up at my uh, my parents, like socially distant. They weren't up there, just, just my family, my wife, my, my two boys, the dogs and I. And uh, I saw a bald eagle. We have them up here. And it, it flew right over. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's, you know, I agree with you. Stunning. And I do yes. love birds. And it's funny. I was listening to, um, you know, uh, Gordy Robinson. He's a, a guy out of the UK. Actually, he's running for the uh, NMRA president. Uh, yes, I have. Really great. Him. Yep. Yeah, really great guy. He was talking. I forget what I heard. He was talking on a podcast or something, and I heard him the other day, and he was saying, you know, the one thing that's missing from the layout that I see every layout I see are birds, and you see them everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like, yeah, exactly. Like these these little details, these super details that are almost subconscious that you see in the real world that you take for granted that you know, are missing from our layouts and you don't even know they're missing. And then you add them in and it just adds this whole new dimension. You know, this oh, yeah. whole new bit of reality. Like I have like I have a woodpecker in a tree and it's hidden and no one will ever see it. But I know, but it's, there. You know it's there. And it's yep. just like yeah, and you know, occasionally, you know, you go, hey, but you know, you, you say this, oh, can you find the woodpecker? You know, and it's it, it's it's fun. Like it's yeah. just how those little things, they're in the real world, so they should be on our layout. Yep, I want to do that and, too. Yeah, right? I, lo- I love the birds. And you know, the uh, funny thing is, it's like this whole thing just happened by mistake. So I, I want to like, I want to like, you know, tell you that there's some like fantastic grand master plan, and <laughs> you know that you know, you know that I did market research. But honestly, like the whole thing started about like five years ago. I was looking for an HO scale beaver because I was building a little scene on my layout. Yeah. I built the like the pond, right? Mm-hmm. And then I built the beaver lodge. And I thought, you know what? Well, okay, I'll just go online and you know, HO scale beaver. By the way, don't ever like Google <laughs> HO beaver. Don't like, don't do that. So, no, it's like, not good. You have some explaining. I can only imagine. You have, some, you have some explaining to do to the one. So I'm like typing in HO scale beaver, ho beaver, and like nothing. Like nothing. Like I go to Prizer, no Prizer. I go to Woodland Phoenix. I go to like, you know, all the big companies, like everybody out there that you think, you know, that would make like whatever. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like it's the symbol of CP rail. So like, if you go back and you look at CP, like on the like CP logo crest is the Canadian beaver. And like, we can build this country, you know, go back like 500 years. The oldest company in North America is Hudson's Bay, which started like with the beaver trade. Right, exactly. It's the nation. It's like, like you cannot. It's like our national animal, right? It's our. It's like our bald eagle is a beaver. Right. So, I'm like, what the hell? Nobody is making HO scale <laughs> beavers. I'm like, this is crazy. So I designed one up, and back then I sent it off to one of these 3D printing companies because you know there were no home 3D printers, you know, five years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, or they were like $18,000 or something. Right. And, uh, you know, I got them back and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I painted them up. And then the minute I like showed someone, they're like, oh my God, where'd you get those? So of course I made like, you know, five other sets 
through my friends. But, you know, these, these companies, you know, you, you send it out three weeks later, you get it back, it costs a fortune. So all that changed about nine months ago because nine months ago, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, I kind of like saw you can actually pick up these sort of relatively inexpensive home-based, you know, resin printers. So I'm like, huh, okay, I should try printing that beaver out. And then it literally just, it all started from there. And it's like, yeah, I want, most of the things that I added at the beginning, like the Canada geese were very early. Um, The beavers, obviously, you know, animals like uh, the moose. These were things I wanted myself for my land. Yeah. So it all started with that sort of like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I like birds. I want birds make a few for myself then it's like okay then this whole mini prince thing got completely out of control and kind of started out it started out kind of as a necessity for yourself and then uh you know you you were able to convert it into uh something that other people can take advantage of yeah i started making things that i wanted and then everyone started (laughs) saying hey what about pelicans what about osprey what about you know ducks hey have you thought of flamingos i'm like no i I actually have it. <laughs> right. Would you like some? <laughs> well, then you got into land, your land mammals. Uh, I love yeah. the hounds. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, uh, the groundhogs yeah. are cool. Dave Kruiswick painted some raccoons I think he got. And uh, I, I, I guess you know Dave uh, or maybe he's know him as a customer. Talented. Yes. Yeah, and he's he, crazy. He, he is just – he's one of those modelers that inspire me. Like he's one of those guys I talked about. Like yep. you know, they're, they're like people that – you, know, you just look at their work and you're like, how? You know, how? Yeah. You know, some, some customers, I love the feedback, right? Like customers will buy them and then mm-hmm. they'll send me pictures. And I've got a few up on my, my Facebook. So most of, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook, mm-hmm. Mini Prints 3D, yeah. if you're looking for it. So it's, and, and you know, if you go to the Facebook, you know, facebook.com, I guess, slash Mini Prints 3, number 3, and then capital D, uh, you'll see the pictures of like what people do with these things. And it blows my mind. Like it, I mean, the, the paint jobs. Like someone is like literally painting individual bands on the tail of the raccoon, or like <laughs> painting like rainbow trout with every spot on the rainbow trout. Now these things are like, I don't know, like three millimeters, five millimeters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what's that in inches? Like you know, an eighth of an inch, quarter of an inch. No, less yeah, max. Quarter. Yeah, it's like tiny, eight- tiny. And he's got like unique. That. You got unique stuff too, like we can't forget. We're talking about animals and birds and eagles, or whatever. As was a bird, um, but <laughs> we're we're talking. He's got Nessie, the, the Loch Ness monster. Yeah. He's got a Bigfoot. He's got yeah. um, a dog defecating, which is awesome. Yeah. I think mean, it's so cool. All requests. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's like, yeah. Like, can you do this? And I'm like, mm, sure. Why not? <laughs> I think my favorite hands that now is the Nessie as blurry as it really is in the photo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have like the blurry black and white photo of Nessie. But, but yeah, yeah. I think, um, <laughs> well, I think he's a mystery. It, he's a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you click it on the website, I think there's like a picture of the actual 3D print. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, was um, just... I should probably get. I was just joking. Well, yeah, but see, that's probably a more recognizable photo than like the the, the print would be because everyone knows that picture. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's the famous one, right? Yeah. Right. I think Man, my he's got a muskox. 
There's a muskox. Who has a muskox? There's no one. Actually, nowhere he, friends he asked her on the eye, and he said, can you make a muskox? So I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Like, the crazier, the better, right? Like, send yeah. me your craziest, weirdest, although <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of now so backlogged that I'm actually trying to pick things that'll sell. But yeah. I, uh, the guy said, I, 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 I'm modeling Alaska. I don't know you're going to railroads in Alaska, but okay, right. sure. Why not? He's like, I'm modeling Alaska. Uh, what about muskox? I'm like, cool. Love it. Never yeah. never seen that before. I'll do it, right? So I, I put the muskox together, and it takes forever. Like, it's like, I'm, <laughs> I'll tell you a bit about the people I'm working on. It takes like 10 to 20 hours to kind of get one of these things out to the wow. point where I'm happy with it. So I do the muskox, and I'm like, yep, yeah, muskox, great. And like I never heard from the guy again. So, <laughs> I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone. Did he actually buy them? Did he buy some? No, no. no oh no! no. I, I don't know. I, I don't saw know a special on the muskox. I lost his email. So if yeah. there's someone out there, please buy a bloody muskox. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's an Alaskan. It's a Alaskan mammal. Um, a big yeah. thing, and. Uh, they're they're uh, they're pretty much known to Alaska, but it's um, uh, it's it's pretty cool. I watched on the Disney Channel, uh, Disney Plus last week, um, while I was quarantined, and I had nothing to do. I watched a whole series on the Alaskan white wolf, and how they hunt oh. the muskox uh, in Alaska, oh. and they bring down the muskox, and the muskox actually fight by, back. Um, it's it's real. It's a really cool. Um, it's really cool the different types of creatures that you have here. Um, my favorite's the like, uh, my favorite's the African elephant, hands down. Oh, yeah, that is crazy. That is pretty, that, that's a that cool print. Oh, yeah. Now we want. I want to do an, so Af an African railroad now, so I can do that elephant. He has well, wolves. Yeah, wolves. <laughs> it's funny. So okay, so it's really interesting, Mister because one of the things that I sort of learned experience there are all these people doing amazing modeling so the african elephant and i funny i just printed up a bunch of wildebeest for this guy uh last night so there's someone doing uh railways in africa and he's populating it with all of these amazing animals so that was for him you'll see that on the site is llamas and you're like okay how in the world did you get llamas i mean there can't be a huge demand for for llamas guy is uh, modeling an Ecuadorian railroad. He's like, can you do llamas? And I'm like, sure. If I've done them, I might as well throw them up on the site. Never sold another llama than other to this one guy doing the Ecuadorian railroad. But right. uh, it's amazing. I've had guys uh, doing uh, modeling in India. Uh, so there's been some, some Indian uh, stuff, monkeys on the website. Or for a guy who's doing a, a Buddhist scene for an Indian railroad. Um, it's <laughs> funny. I did like I probably did orders to like 20 countries last year. Wow. Wow. And, yeah. And there are people, I mean, we all think, okay, it's like, you know, Wisconsin Central, you know, Burlington Northern, Canadian Pacific. Yeah. There are people, even you know, like there are people all over the world modeling all sorts of railroads. There are even people in North America, like predominantly Canada and the U.S., modeling railroads in places where we wouldn't even think they're railroads. <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah. So um, <laughs> I, man, where did I, the plague doctor come from? A request. 
somebody, oh, okay. somebody wanted, yeah, someone wanted a plague doctor. And, <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? That is like the perfect, that is the official mini print of 2020. There you go. Yeah, it is, definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I cut you yeah, off, that Brett. Is, what I'm, were you going to say? No, that's good. Keep going. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I, I just, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I, I was just going to say that it's, um, it's just like these, like these requests come in and it's like really like when someone says it's like that guy who said, you know, can you do a foamer or rail fanner or, you know, it's just kind of like, it's that challenge. Right. Right. So that's kind of like, Oh, that's cool. You know? Yeah. Why not? And then sort of the other half of my brain kicks in and says, well, if you're going to spend 20 hours making this, is anyone going to buy it? which gets into the whole sort of you know, model railroad manufacturer discussion. But for now, it's just that creative itch. It's that, that challenge, you know, that sort of like, Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I think the, uh, some of the more popular ones you might, I'm just going to guess that you might go through a bunch with, mm-hmm. with people is, uh, your cut, your crews, your, your railroad crew people. They seem like, I, I don't know. just that's- the most popular by far. I was going to say they absolutely they can. And what's nice is you can, I mean, you have the, they're doing things like they're, they're guy hanging on the side of a car. You have a guy uh, on the back of a caboose. Uh, I'm not sure what the other guy is holding something along the tracks. You have a guy turning a little signal, um, but you could manipulate. I mean, you could put them in doing multiple things. So it's not like you get that one person and that was the only guy you can have. You can have them, position doing different things uh they're just uh, you, they're in they're in poses you don't see with like a prizer figure but um yeah. you know they can be throughout all many of them can be throughout your railroad oh yeah and that's where that's really where i want to take mini prints i mean look there are only so many animals like like you know i can start adding like meerkats but you know, like I'm, I'm running out of possible marketable you know, animals that people actually want. Now, you'll probably get like some mail saying, you know, I forgot something and I'll right. take it, you know, and probably add it. But uh, it's funny because that's the part I'm really excited about because I model modern day operations. So um, I'm a modeler. I do, as much as I love scenery, um, I did sort of once I got into the whole modeling of trains, I did really get into operations and I, I operate on a lot of friends' layouts, and I really have you know, such an incredible respect for how hard railroading is. You know, I've done like eight-hour operating sessions with guys who work with CN, and like one of the guys in, in my group is like a CN dispatcher. So these guys are hardcore. Like they work all day on the railroad. It's really intellectual, really hard work, and then they operate trains um, to relax, like for fun, yeah. and. It's like getting these things to where they need to go. It's hard. It's like really, it's like the ultimate mental brain arithmetic logic puzzle. And I've, I've such a tremendous respect for them. Um, I want to get my railroad up to operation status. Now it's hard to operate nowadays because you know, we're all stuck in our basements. So the scenery is taking a bit of a, a, a front seat now. Right. But the eventual goal is, you know, I have a realistic, I mean, I model Quebec Gatineau, which is one of the, the Genesee and Wyoming lines. So I model uh, a specific prototype, Quebec Gatineau Railroad, 
uh, from Montreal to Quebec City. So, you know, I, I have a specific place, I have a specific time. I'm not a rivet counter. You know, I'm not, like, really precious about it. But, right. you know, it, it's kind of I'm in the right time. And the one thing that was missing, once again, this goes back to, like, you know, what I want, uh, are any sort of modern railroad figures. Like, you know, you get European-looking stuff. You get, right. like, a ton of guys that look like they just stepped out of a steam locomotive, you know, from 1937. You know, they've got the, you know, that the engineer's cap on, the suspenders. Sure. But, like, not, I couldn't find, like, a single modern railroader. You know, like, right. like a guy hanging off the back of a, of a you know, of a, a, tra- a car switching. Or, like, I think the one you were referring to, uh, Brett, was the uh, the guy with the, the belt pack, the remote control operator. Yes. Yep. Custom crew, like, number three. So he's got, like, a remote belt pack, which are the guys that, like, remote control the locomotives um, in the switching yard. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, I wanted, I wanted, like, modern stuff. And, you know, I, it's funny. I threw a little internet poll up on... I think the Canadian Railway Modeler Group on Facebook, like what era do you model? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you'd think, absolutely, it's always transition, right? You know, maybe right. transition, 50s, you know, like it blew my socks off. I think there were probably about, I got at least 100, 200 responses. So it was a you know, pretty good sample size. And modern one, two to one. Wow. So there are a lot of there are a lot of modern railroaders out there and I think there are more and more modern railroaders. Mm-hmm. And I that's what excites me is coming up with some of the stuff for them. You know, the animals are kind of like fun, but where yeah. I really want to sort of take the company is uh is into this uh the the people and mm-hmm. um the modern modern And like you so said, I, you know, with the yeah. with the older errors, they've been done. You know, if you want yeah. them, you, if you want that older air, you can get that from Prizer, you know, on that sure. figure. But, you know, it, you, yeah. you're hitting a, you, you're, you're, I can already tell, I probably cut you off here and I didn't mean to. Um, no, no, go for it. But um, you, I can read in you that for you is uniqueness. So totally. you want something that's totally unique, yet something that'll be sellable. So, yeah. It's um yeah, so what you're you you're you you tested out by asking your you know, the people that that, that are in the groups or the people that you that you associate with in, in model railroading, you put that questionnaire out to them was a great idea because you're getting their feedback and then you're giving them what they what they what what's needed. And because um, I ordered prizer figures in the past and I'm not trying to bash prizer figures. I got plenty of them. Okay, unpainted. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, and 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 you know, and they're fine. In in, in my opinion, uh, you know, they're they're well done. However, I bought those bulk packs of those un well, three quarter three quarters of them are like uh, police officers and firemen from Europe that I don't. <laughs> they, we don't wear it. They don't. They wear have that the, in the United They States have like Canada. the. They have like the pointed uh, cop. A yeah. hat with a point yeah. on the top of it, yeah. yeah. Totally look like German soldiers, <laughs> you know. And yeah. and, and yeah. Uh, you know, and then I have a German, I have a German musical band. The guy, he's wearing Lederhosen. You know, they, there's a statement, there's a prototype for everything, but you're hey. gonna have to invent one hell of a backstory for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. some, you know, 
you see, you know, you can justify, you know, the GP9 has been brought out of service, you know, right. you know, or the or the steam train, you know, it's a it's an excursion train, or you know, we we develop all these like really elaborate backstories so that we can run that that locomotive we really want on our modern layout. Mm-hmm. So you know, I've got like a, I've got like a a bot RDC because Rapido came out with them and they're like bloody gorgeous, and I had to have one. <laughs> I can't figure out any plausible. It's just there. Story, but, <laughs> Guys, I just well, loved it, you know, and it's there. Yeah, you love it, and it's there, and then you go, actually, it's the tourist excursion train, right? You know, they <laughs> some company resurrected it and took the kids for a ride. So There you go. Uh, yeah. I don't know how you're going to justify the German umpapa band, though. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a, I'm like, what am I going to put that? We could just have like a, like a you know, like some t- some towns some town. some towns have a Chinatown and an Italian village. We'll just have a German town. It, it, we'll, no, we'll just have a section that has Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, yeah, 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 there you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, one <laughs> little section on has an October festival corner <laughs> somewhere, you know. That's all I can think of. I I, I had to do something with them. I, I can't, you know, you know, can't just let them go to waste. But um, yeah, yeah. Now I will say one of the things that we talked about recently on one of our shows, uh, more recent shows, when it came to figures, was something I don't see enough of, and that is, okay. um. Boat workers. I just did. I Brett printed a 3D boat, and uh, yeah. I painted it up, and I put some photos up, and I used prizer figures on it, but I, I didn't use the prizers that I, I I've used them so many times. There's only two sets of boat or dock workers or for uh, a, a waterfront, or for that that kind of you know the sailor type, you know, and uh, yeah. the you know the salty sea guys, and they're Prizer yep. makes two sets, and there's like five in each box, and that's it. I mean, there's no, there, nobody else makes them, and there needs to be more. I can't keep, I can't buy them anymore because if I keep putting them on, you have the same dude over and over and over again. You know. Okay, so I'm pulling up the wish list. I'm adding it in. It's funny <laughs> because you're the second. <laughs> Damn. Okay, I know what I'm doing tonight. Um, you're the second <laughs> shiny object squirrel. Um, you're the second person, actually. Someone emailed me uh, early last week, late last week, uh, looking for that sort of classic, you know, Northwestern, you know, sort of uh, East Coast yeah. Massachusetts fisherman, you know, in the right. slicker, you know, with the, the, the hat pushed up and, you know, in uh, the wet, you know, I'm kind of thinking perfect storm, you know, right. Right. fishing boat type guy. And, um, yeah. It's and there's not, another like company. Point, yeah. There's another company I won't name uh, that makes some C stuff like that. And they're small printed. Uh, they have some figures that they, that are waterfront figures and they're hideous. They look, they look, oh, okay. uh, they're cartoonish and they got a big face. I don't know. They just, they don't look proportionate. And, and uh, so I would, I would never, they, it's ingenious how they posed them. But unfortunately, sure. They, they, they don't look realistic, you know. They look goofy, or yeah. you know, we go to all this trouble, and this is what's cool about your product. We go to all this trouble as modelers to make it as realistic as we can. Okay, so you get it all realistic, and then you go to put a person on, and he's got a face like that's like six miles long on his head, and, uh, yeah. and it, 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 he looks like the the, the mask from the Scream movie, and it didn't have it yeah, just. 
Yeah. Molded out of clay. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, Some of them look like they were molded out of clay and then cast in resin. And, you know, the mold's probably like 50 years old and, you know, rough around the edges. Right. Yeah, that's the beauty of this 3D printing. Like, I mean, the level of detail that you can get nowadays on 3D printing, like you said, you know, every feather on an eagle's wing. I mean, the resolution on this, I mean, the crabs, those crabs you talked about. That's insane. Those are insane. You can barely see them. I know. I mean, until you zoom in, like you're going to need your optimizer. You're going to need your your magnification. Yep. Um, The I'm blown away with, you know, uh, the size. I mean, if, did I have you seen the lobsters? Because no, no, and I'm gonna have to get some of them for me because because Those I lobsters, did a lobster yeah. boat, and I want to get some lobsters for in our lobster boats. So the lobsters. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. These things. I probably if I I, I had to take that ten lobster in a in a sat, mm-hmm. and I probably print out like thirty of them for every order because yeah. they're so small. You're, you're the printer does a great job of printing them, but then you've got to, well, as, as you know, right, you got to like free them from their, their little uh, supports, right? Yeah. Right. Sure. So, you know, you can imagine, you know, I spend hours and hours and hours. I mean, it's a very manual process. I mean, this is not like press print, you know, and the package goes out the door. You just spend hours yeah, and hours printing these little lobsters out, right? And, you know, you print oh, 30 my. so that hopefully you can get 10 you know, good ones mm-hmm. that then go out the door. <laughs> so yeah, I, I can imagine I that would happen. So let's, um, I have a couple <laughs> questions and I know we had to discuss this prior, um, but just on the 3d printing side. So, um, yeah, there's a couple things I know we talked about before that we won't be talking about, but, um, from, a, from me, a novice, I would say a new, mm-hmm. new 3d printing, um, I have the Photon, uh, the Anticubic Photon, which is like the cheap entry-level one. But I'll tell you, yep. I've been pretty impressed with what its, you know, its abilities, what it's been able to do so far for me. Um, and I want to, I have a fun question for you, and hopefully you can you can drum up a good one for us here. Um, what's sure. so I've had a couple ma- like big failures, and the one, <laughs> the one, I I don't know what the hell happened. It just like was like lumping up on itself. I guess it, I didn't put the right supports in and it just kept like, I don't know if it fell a couple times and it just created this lump in my tray. Um, yeah. Uh, but do you have any, and like, and it, and it looked terrible. It looked like something out of a, out of like a, I was printing a dog, a little dog figure for my, my, my one daughter, uh, my youngest girl. And uh, it was an HS scale, it was a bigger dog. Yeah, it's just a she wanted a little dog. I, I printed it and painted it and made it look toy. A little toy. But um Sure. The the dog looked like it was coming out of a horror movie because half its face was like missing <laughs> and melted and not melted, but like malformed. Uh what's a funny like learning story you had from that? Kind of like a, a big failure print that when you were done you're like, Oh my god, what did I do? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can tell you exactly. Oh, I got a great one. Um, how to use up an entire bottle of resin in one print. Um, so <laughs> oh I, I, so, yeah, I had, I had a pretty spectacular failure. And, and it's interesting because I didn't – I thought the question was going somewhere else. I, I, I thought you were going to say, like, how do you avoid failure? And I was – I don't think you can. 
brilliant answer. No, well, that's just it. I've been coming up with this whole sort of story about how, like, you know, expect two failed prints for every good one because it's just part of the process, right? Right. And it really is. It's funny. I'll, I'll go off on a tangent for a second and then answer your question. Okay. I have three model railroad friends who have all bought 3D printers. And one still has it, and two of them have gotten rid of it. One of them gave me their printer, and I have it downstairs. <laughs> I'm up to four printers now. And another one just got rid of it, sold it. Because you've got to expect that. Like, it, it's, it's a whole hobby unto itself. And you go down the rabbit hole, and it's messy, and it's smelly, and it's time-consuming, and it's, you know, you get a lot of ups and lows and failures and some successes. Um, but the biggest failure I had is I watched a guy on YouTube and YouTube's great. Like that's where I kind of learned mm-hmm. most of this trial and error on YouTube. Watch a lot of YouTube videos. And this one person was talking very technically about this workflow about, you know, use program A to add the supports and then use program B to slice it and use program C to orient it. And so I did it step by step and I hit print and I walked back, I don't know, like an hour later and I just had this like, entire block of resin (laughs) the entire tray was filled with like a brick like i basically built like i don't know like a six inch by three inch brick you know like something out of like like an obelisk like these obelisks showing up everywhere (laughs) solid brick of resin like you know like half a liter of resin salt like just this huge thing and i'm like what the hell i was like panicking you know my machine's broken you know and so I go on and I do some more internet research. It turns out this guy got it all wrong. Like there was a known flaw in the production. Mm-hmm. Like basically what he was advising us to do was exactly what you shouldn't do. <laughs> and so my, my spectacular fail was using pretty much like half a bottle of resin to build this like oh. giant plastic brick. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, I, I, yeah. I haven't done that, but I, you know, I've just failed on a couple where I, I didn't learn early the importance of, um, su- of making sure supports. you have the right number, su- the right su- amount of support supports. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and that's the key. That's the key. It's, it's all about the support. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was doing, um, I actually started printing some tunnel portals, um, uh, for well, first of all, I was printing tunnel portals in N scale. Um, a one to just test them out because that's the original scale they came in from the website I got them from, and B, um, I figured the N scale ones would make. I told my dad they would make um cool like one way cars, like vehicle sized portals in the side of a hill we have. And they work perfect. So they're end scale for a locomotive, but for a car, like a little tiny car in HO, they're perfect size for a one-way tunnel. But um, anyways, I didn't do the supports right on the HO. I, the, the smaller end scale one was must have been just enough for it to not fail. And then when I went to the larger opening for HO, it just it just, it was ugly. It was hanging all. It was it cured. Like each row must have shifted. Each row must have shifted a little as it was going, like because it was hanging and drooping. I don't know. I'm sure the thinner the layer, it droops a little off the tray, and it was uh, it was pretty ugly. But the supports, like the you most, said, the supports the most, is the key. Totally. The most time-consuming part of this whole thing. Well, it's all time-consuming, but the most time-consuming part of it is probably adding the supports 
And I never use like their programs where you click a button and it adds the support. I always do it manually. Mm-hmm. And there are fantastic videos that you can watch, I, uh, you know, how to add the supports manually. I got a, I have um, a, a one or two files that I, I'm using on my design software that I have pre-built like supports that I can scale up and, and, and add to a file, which is what I've been doing. Oh, cool. I have a kid I work with yeah. that uh, is really good at 3D modeling, and he has been helping me with it. So he doesn't print; he just 3D. He yeah. does the 3D modeling part, though. Oh wow! So well, I find too the other thing. The other thing that I do is, like, I always like when I'm doing a print for the first time, I'll always print it in two or three different orientations mm. because it's half the battle is the supports. I don't want to go too into the weeds, but half the battle is the supports, but the other half the battle is like, okay, do you do it vertically, horizontally, on a 45-degree angle? Yeah. How do you orient the thing you're printing? And it's different for every model. Like, it's, you know, it's it's infinite variety. So I just try two or three guesses and hope that, you know, one of them is the right combination. And and I've done that already, the same thing. Um and with a smaller print, you have the liberty of not worrying about wasting as much time because you can put all the different orientations on a tray, on a single print, like a single run. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, very cool. I just wanted to hear if you had a funny failure story because I've had one or two now that I just Oh, looked... yeah. Well, my, my giant brick is the funny. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. I, and and <laughs> at, at the price of it per bottle, you know, it you know it makes you a little sick once you do it, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a learning moment. <laughs> so now, now I don't want you to give away. Honestly, we talked about that before. Anything you don't want to, but um, you know, I've been stuck using just mainly the any cubic resin that comes with my printer, um, or that yeah. not came with it, but that have been. It's the same manufacturer. Would you, especially for this, you know, what I'm trying to work with, um, and I'm not obviously taking anything away from you because I don't have the design capabilities i'm just downloading free files i find from other people and uh modifying them just a hair but are there resins that are um out of the box not ones that like custom blends like you have um that would provide different effects for me or my dad if we were trying to do different stuff so like have you worked with clear ones before and stuff like that i haven't now um i have uh uh an elegu mars so i've got Three Elegoo Mars printers and one Elegoo Saturn, which is like the really big version mm-hmm. of the Elegoo Mars. And um, I just started using the Elegoo resins, and they have, you know, all different kinds of that water soluble and classic and ABS like. And, and I just started reading, um, you know, on the groups. You know, there are lots of forums and lots of, you know, like, like all hobbies, you know, you can get sucked into the internet and, yeah. you know, six hours later. So I just started reading about you know what people are doing. Um, I've had really good success with the Elegoo resins. Okay. And I you know mix different ones together. It's all about like you want it to be strong but not brittle. You want it to be you know you sort of get that right mix of you know like detail, strength, you know that type of those are the factors you're playing with. Yeah. But there's like no reason that you can't. It's all about it like this whole thing on 3d printing is all about experimenting and you can't break anything so you know for i mean it's probably a lot cheaper in the states than in canada but for, for me it's like i think uh, a little half bottle like 500 mils is like 25 bucks canadian it's pretty much so the you, same you invest 25 dollars 
you know, and you try it, you know, you're not going to break anything, you know, and then you like, I'm kind of curious about that. So I'll take a bottle of the X and a bottle of the Y and I'll put a 50, 50 in a tray and I'll mix it up and I'll put it in and I'll print it and I'll go, Oh wow, that didn't work. <laughs> and then, you know, you try something else. So, you know, there's really, the only answer I can give you is just try it. Yeah. See, so uh, the... I, I will say from a, from a brand point of view, I've had very good success with the Elegoo. Okay. Brand. Well, I'm uh, I'm not opposed to trying different ones and uh, and and giving them a shot. I think the one thing I wanted to get clear for was I'm doing a lot of uh, I, I want to do a lot of street lamps. Um, yeah. And I the, it's great. The file is great, but I just realized when I printed one that it prints the lampshade with it. Not the lampshade, the the glass globe with it. The globe. And I want to slice that. Yeah. I want to slice that 3D file into three parts, so I have the hood, the pole, and then the globe. I want to print on a separate file with a clear print, with a clear. And there's a clear yeah. resin from a couple of the companies. I just didn't know if you'd used one or not. So that's why I don't want to. I haven't. It didn't make sense to me, and I don't want to paint them white. I want them to kind of look like glass. I don't want to paint these globes sure. white. So. Damn you, Bernard, for sending me mini prints in this in this uh, in this bubble wrap. And I've been he's sitting here. I can hear him popping it. Oh, is that what that is? Okay, well, hang on. I here. I'll uh, I'll see your bubble wrap and raise there it. You go. There we go. I'm surrounded by this stuff. When you're shipping little tiny uh, plastic resin figures you go through a lot of bubble wrap oh oh yeah <laughs> you packaged them very very well i wanted to, I wanted to commend you on that they so, some of them well they're wrapped in bubble wrap and then the inside is like a little paper envelope um it's like a tissue paper type envelope and they're, they're stuck in there and then he put them in a plastic box for this for these uh kid of the uh i'm sorry pr- mini print of the month uh um once he has them in December or November, mm-hmm. it was really it's yeah. really well packaged, and now I can see how sending them um, like that, you you know, you probably have very very successful luck with that. We don't get a lot of damage. So, I hope so. You know, no matter how much you package, it's kind of like there's an inverse proportion rule. Like the more you pack it, the more the post office is going to throw it. Yeah. It's like they can see inside <laughs> the. Made, it's like, like it's like they can see inside the box and they hit they beat it up more. It's like the bigger the box, like I could put like a, a one inch cubic square thing surrounded by bubble wrap in like a box 10 times the size. I could cover it with foam. You know, I, I could package this thing so that there's no conceivable way that it will break. And someone will call me and say it's broken. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> now, I do offer because they're so small. I mean, one of the things, like, it's really important for me, like, I want you to have a great experience with them, right? Like, there's no point doing all this if it's going to be broken. So if they arrive broken, I'll replace them for free, and I'll pay the postage. That's awesome. But if you are painting them and you break one, I will still replace it for free. The only deal is you have to pay that you have to pay the postage. So yeah. like I don't want to be out of pocket on postage, but yeah. I recognize it, you know, like you're gonna it's a learning curve, right? You're gonna grab it and you can go, oh damn. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I do offer the the one hundred percent satisfaction mini prints breakage guarantee. That is until you know until yeah, people start you to break get crazy. It. But so right. far, you know, a few people said, Hey, you know, honestly like I appreciate the honesty. They're like I was painting it. I broke it. I'm like, no problem. You pay postage. I'll send you a new one. Nice. So, nice. 
All right, I have one more question for you uh, regarding 3D printing, and this is not a methods thing or yeah. anything like that. Um, although I do want to okay. say, I do want to say, there's a couple awesome. You were saying YouTube is a great resource, and I don't know how. I'm sure you've been on the on all these places, but um, I found a lot of help with uh, people on Reddit. There's a, re- a couple Reddit forums with a lot of 3D printing people, and um, I've gotten some pretty cool resources from that. I um. There's also a Facebook group. There's yeah. a Facebook group called Facebook uh, 3D Printing for Model Trains or something. Yep. And there's anyway, and, and there's I mean a, that's a real that's an inspiration group. There's a couple and there's a bunch of of great work on there from a lot of guys and a lot of people helping each other on that group too. Just like a lot of our modeling groups, there's a lot of people helping each other 3D printing. Um, I see a lot of people on there that don't have printing errors, and I'm like, oh, I kind of had that happen to me. And then I can yeah. I can read what their problem was and adjust based on the answers I got from other people helping that person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but the one thing I wanted to ask you, as this will just be my last like main general 3D printing question, was um, sure. What do you find? So I've been printing now for like a month, and I've I've actually last night or the other night, Monday night, uh, I downloaded. I got a bunch of other things here. Um, a couple of the things that a kid I work that works for me, I had him uh, help me design a couple of things, and then a couple of the other things I just found throughout a couple. You know, there's there's hundreds of sites with free STL files, um, sure. but yeah. what I know what my favorite thing is it's 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 like setting it up and that anticipation of like coming downstairs in the basement and. I know it's done. It was printed. If it's a big piece, it might be printing all night. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get downstairs and see what it looks like. What's that thing for you that really like? That's what you love about 3D printing. Hmm. Oh, you know what? I, I, there's so much, and it's it, like I'm. I love hobbies, and I think that's one of the reasons why the model railroading is so interesting. Like, you'll notice there's a metal detector, mm-hmm. like a detectorist. I mean, it is, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm metal detect as well. So, um, so I thought, oh, that's cool. You know, I just throw a little metal detector, you know, uh, guy on the on the layout. Yeah, that's like, pretty cool. I really enjoy getting like, like whether I also have a drone and I fly drones. So uh, I'm actually like a, a certified drone pilot. You have to get oh, registered. Nice. So I did my registration. So I kind of like getting into that world of hobbies. So like, you know, whether it's the world of drones, which of course I used to fly and photograph trains, uh, metal detecting has absolutely nothing to do with trains whatsoever. <laughs> um, uh, but it's like, it's a world. It's a really interesting world. It's, it's actually become a hobby for me. Mm-hmm. So I guess just really sort of discovering something new one of the things that I feel very much about 3D printing, and I, it's funny, I had this exact feeling. So I got a Mac in 1985. I still have it. I have my original Mac sitting here in my wow. studio. And I immediately sort of got into the whole desktop publishing thing back in you know, the late 80s and started working in 89, actually, doing magazine layouts on these, like, you know, really like there were no hard drives, there were no scanners. I mean, you know, you're talking the classic, you know, little Mac cube thing that's probably in the museum right now of design. <laughs> and I remember back then I was like the only kid on the block with a with a Mac computer. And it was it was so new and novel and exciting to be able to sort of like, 
you know, hit prints and design a newsletter or something. Now it was all dot matrix printers and, you know, it was very crude, but I feel very much that way. Now I feel like, like we've gone in sort of 30 years from, you know, being the only kid on the block with a Mac to now, you know, anybody can publish anything. You can go onto the internet and you know, there's sites like Canva and other sites like that, where you can basically, you know, through computer AI, you know, design a very professional looking brochure. Anyone can do it, right? It's mm-hmm. just, everyone's a designer now. Yeah, yeah. But there was a sort of a new technology feel to it. And I, I sort of 30 years ago with the whole desktop publishing computer thing, I could see the potential. I feel very much the same way now with 3D printing. Like I haven't had this feeling since the late 80s. And I feel that there's this, this 3D printing is fascinating because we're right on the cusp of having the Star Trek replicator you know, mm-hmm. in your house. Right. And it'll be really interesting. My kids are, I've got two boys, uh, 13 and um, 16, turning 17. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I wonder what it's going to look like 30 years for them. You know, yeah. are they going to be, are they going to be buying toys for their kids? Or are they just going to go print a button? You know, is, is they need a tool. Are they going to go to the <laughs> hardware store? Are they going to download it? I mean, I've right. actually, the thing that amazes me I built tools that I needed on my 3D printer that I would have gone out and purchased. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. Like that, that's kind of amazing. I'm not yeah, there yet. Cool. I'm not there yeah. yet. But uh, uh, do, your a, kids have, uh, do your kids have any interest in, in the 3D printing at all? Have they taken an interest to it? Uh, yes, in as much as, Dad, can you print me? Uh. <laughs> I don't know whether I can say the file name. Okay. <laughs> there, there are certain files on the internet that are very popular that are very funny. Right. Uh, so it's like, Dad, I saw this like uh. dinosaur that looks like uh, whatever. You know, yeah. can you print me one of those? So that they like, you know, they like me. Like my um, my younger one, my thirteen year old, he's really into animals. So right. you know, he's like, oh, like he'll see a, you know the the elephant, for example. He's like, oh man, can I have an elephant? That's yeah, pretty okay. cool, though. Hey, it's at least like, they they enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, and my 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 older my older son um, has really gotten into like painting. Uh, so I printed out some really cool Japanese miniature samurais because he's into those um, you know miniature games. Like he's like, he's a huge D and D kid. So right. you know that whole world, the whole world of like <clears throat> desktop gaming. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's huge right, right now. Huge. And there's so another I avenue printed- that. that that needs that can be tapped into with 3D printing big time. Oh, oh, it's all 3D printing now. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane. Like, so, you know, he does a lot of like, you know, dad can have a Gorgon or a Dordon or, you know, whatever they are. So, you know, so I'll print some 3D things out and he's shown a real talent for painting them. So I, I printed out some Japanese samurais and uh, he got into the paint and started painting them up. And nice. I'm nice. like, whoa, like you are like, so they're really into the, he know, gets, the, the, and he uh, can, part of that? yeah, he can be a little, you know, artistic about it too. He's, he's you're building the model oh, for him, and he's like, he's painting. And you don't have to go to the hobby store and buy a thirty dollar thing for him to paint now. No, no, it's all like, and that's where I see like that's like why three D printing. Well, because I wanted beavers, right? That's yeah. where it all started. <laughs> but it's like I do think Ho like, beavers. This, this is going to be a huge industry exactly it's gonna be huge like 3d printing like you see it in i was looking at the uh, model road, road group on facebook and people are designing 
and printing things that they want for their own layout that no one offers. They, 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 you just can't buy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's we're we're seeing such incredible work, and I mean, like there there are engines that are coming out, like people are coming up with one-off engines, you know, that might have been a you know a cement plant in, you know, somewhere in nineteen something. You know, right. there's like one of these engines in the entire world. <laughs> no manufacturer would ever build it, right? But they want it for their layout, so they they can do it. Yeah, that's, it's that's like incredible. incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I mean I'm I'm just I'm just fascinated by it and you know you you kind of get addicted you go down the rabbit hole. I do have a top tip for you though. Go for it. Uh, and it's it's yeah. Um, so I had a lot of print failures. Here, here's my Bernard's top tip of the day. Had a lot of print failures, and then I read about what temperature my print room was. Mm-hmm. So I put one of these little oil-filled space heaters in there, and I keep the room insanely hot like you got to walk in in a t-shirt so i probably when i'm printing i keep the room i don't know like maybe 80 degrees fahrenheit oh wow wow and it makes a huge difference yeah the warmer your resin the better okay Ah. so so i've had really good success in just bumping that temp up it's like walking into a greenhouse you know so uh the hotter it is in there the more liquid your resin is Okay. And the happier it will be. All right. So there's there's Bernard's Bernard's <laughs> top 3D print of the Bernard's day. Bernard's tip. We should have done a drum roll for that. I know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, well, you can you can add sound effects and post. There you All go. right, there we go. You know what, though, Brett? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With his tip. Good luck. Your your basement's like the tundra. Well, no, but I I have been <laughs> the, no, but the last couple of times I've been doing it, I um, I heater up. I put the heater on in here, and I yeah. get that room warm. Uh, cause I've heard that I did hear, I mean, not because not necessarily because of what Bernard said, but mainly just cause I'm down here working and I don't want to be freezing, but, um, yeah. but, uh, and I also keep my resin inside upstairs. I don't put it down in my basement cause I did hear that you should not keep it. Um, you shouldn't keep it cool in the jar if you can't, if you don't, if you can help it. So, uh, well, well not, not cool in a jar. Like. Want- if I'm keeping the resin in a warmer room and that way when it is ready to use, it's not sitting in the basement, like basement temperature. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. And I, we, so, and I, I don't know if you've heard from other podcasts. We have a, we have a dental lab where I work that, uh, we 3d print, um, crowns and, a, and teeth. Yeah. Dentures, um, with, with a different grade of more expensive grade of resin than I could ever afford. But, um, they, uh, <laughs> the guy that's in that lab gave me a whole bunch of tips too, just kind of like that. Like, Hey man, make sure you do this. Make sure you do, you don't do this. So, uh, I've been learning from others that have failed before me. And I hope, uh, the more I tinker around with it, I'll be able to get on some of these forums and boards and do the same. Yeah. Careful though, because I haven't turned my train set on in nine months. (laughs) (laughs) there there is a cost to this (laughs) yeah now now i was gonna say now fortunately i'm only doing it as i need things for models so i print and then i go paint them and i put them in my what i'm working on yeah for now but uh it's uh it sneaks up on you well i I got a couple questions like yeah go for it no you go ahead no you were gonna finish the sentence there because it's gonna be a whole new topic okay 
Well, I was just going to say, like, I love 3D printing. It's fantastic. And I, it's so creatively, like, and it's, it's really fun to start a business. And I had to because, I mean, when COVID hit, my yep. sort of source of income dried up. So it was kind of like a necessity. It's kind of yeah. like I did the, you know, like everyone else, I did the COVID pivot. It's like I was running a, a company that sort of helped uh, small Main Street local businesses market. Right. And, you know, they all closed and their marketing budgets went to zero. So I had to do the uh, the COVID pivot, which is how I became a model railroad manufacturer and went into this full time. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, one of these days, I really do have to go down to the layout, turn it on and, and run some <laughs> trains. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we, we were told by another guest that, uh, that does some 3D printing a while back. I don't know how long ago that was. Dave, I think his name was. Yeah, Dave Yale. And, um, yeah, Dave Yale. And Dave told us the same thing. He said, if you guys get it, if you guys get a 3D printer and try it, he said, be careful because it'll suck all your time. It'll be a hobby all of its own. And um, It's so true. Yeah. So true. Well, but, but it's me, fun. I am technically, I'm a technical weenie. I don't know much about any of that stuff. I had a hard enough time today just getting while you guys all had to wait for me because I couldn't get my Windows laptop to, to load up for me when it <laughs> needed to with the sound, which I finally got working. But um, for me, my love is the, the Brett, Brett does like he does to build the same as all of us. But he uh, but now he's found this 3D printing for me. Um, my thing is the painting and the artistry of the of the game uh, and yeah. artistry of this hobby. And um, so I've got some questions for you on what you recommend for uh, how you how you prep and paint these uh, these particular three uh, 3D printed uh, um, pieces of art that you have is what they have yeah. these animals. Sure. So yeah, no problem. Do you use a do we use a primer on them? Hundred percent. So, uh, so I'll give you the short answer and the long answer. The short answer is, I did a whole clinic on my paint technique. So if you go to uh, miniprints.ca, so m i n i p r i n t s dot ca uh, slash clinic, so c l i n i c miniprints.ca slash clinic. You okay. will see a one-hour uh, presentation I did for the NMRAX Virtual oh. Model Railroad Convention, which goes through, like, what I'm about to tell you. So I've got – it's, like, the most common question that I've been getting. It's like, okay, now what do I do with these things? Mm -hmm. And I've developed a, a sort of something that works for me. Your mileage may vary, as they say. So, you know, there are lots of different techniques. This is, you know – what I like to do, but I'm starting to investigate, you know, there's some really talented people out there and, you know, everybody has their own little workflow. So right. this is just, you know, this is one man's technique. And I'll tell you what has, the, the, so the thing that's changed everything for me is I paint with acrylic. So that's okay. the first thing. Uh, I just can't be bothered. I'm very lazy when it comes to painting. So oils for me are just too much, uh, right. of an investment in time i don't have three weeks for it to dry so <laughs> i like it so i like acrylics number one um everything always gets primed because that's 
what sort of takes the, that gives it the tooth you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I love, there's a product made by Krylon. I think Rust-Oleum also has their own version of it, but it's a khaki camo. Yes. So they have these super flat camouflage paints. And the thing about the camo paints, it's not the color so much. Now, I like khaki myself because it's a neutral color. And mm-hmm. I find whatever I throw on top of the khaki seems to work. So I'll use a, a flat white or a flat black. But my go-to is a flat khaki. And these camo paints are the most ultra flat paint I've ever seen. And they truly they go are. On. It's just a rattle can. It's cheap, cheap, cheap. So, you know, you don't need to go and buy the, like, the $18 half cans of Tamiya or whatever. I mean, it's great if you can afford it. And I love that stuff. But just a good old camo ultra flat khaki rattle can. Yep. Super light passes. Now, Bernard's top tip for spray painting. I need more more music for this one. (laughs) It's funny. It's 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 the exact same top tip as the 3D printing. I always submerse my uh my rattle can in super hot water for like 15 minutes i've heard people doing that i've not tried it but it it turns a rattle can into an airbrush oh my like by just heating it i also shake it more than you know you're supposed to but the combination of heating it and like i'm talking about like just you know the hottest hot water you can get throw it in there walk away five, 10, 15 minutes, you know, just forget about it. Come back when the whole can, like when the top of the can that's not immersed in the water feels warm, then right. just start shaking like crazy. And that silly little step, just, I guess it just, you know, makes it come out that much finer. Nice. Super light, super light passes, mm-hmm. like less is more. And that's, that's what I do. That's, well, that's, that's all great. there is to the priming. That's a really uh, great terms, tip. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the music you find for this. <laughs> I will. Add, I will. Musician, but hey, I will edit it. I will edit it in for sure. But I, I had a, a can of the Krylon camouflage. I love the Krylon, and we talked. I'm gonna. We're gonna sit here and say it one more time. We don't like. We're not. We badmouthed already enough. Uh, Rustoleum. We've had bad luck with Rustoleum. A lot of our re- A lot of our listeners have had. Bad luck with Rustoleum because uh, the nozzles clog. Nozzles clog, yep. yeah. Yeah, they're I, awful. I don't know what thing. it is, and um, Rustoleum has been a problem for me, so I got it rid of it. Yeah. And I've been buying the Krylon, and I just noticed that the Krylon camouflage is out. I think Rustoleum had it first. Now Krylon's making it, and I couldn't That's be happier. Um, now I cover. And that I was even an issue we had. It. I'm sorry. No, everything got. Everything gets a very thin coat of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't need much. I mean, and, and you're right. It is super flat. It's really nice. And like I said, it has some teeth to it. Uh, so it allows your acrylics and things to pick up on it. And uh, it accept, accepts it real well. Um, we talked to um, one of the people that, that we were talking about with the Rust-Oleum was uh, when we were up visiting George Selyus at his uh, Franklin South Manchester we were in his shop where we had the rear treater going back into his shop and we were asking him about this rattle cans. And I said, Hey George, you ever have an issue with the Rustoleum cans clogging up? And he goes, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so even the masters of the hobby have, have the issues, you know? So it's a, yeah, it's a, totally. 
pretty, pretty, uh, you know, and, and it's, uh, I hear complaint after complaint about it. And I don't want to, I don't want to keep bashing on them, but, uh, yeah, you know, the, the camouflage is great because, especially if you have a wood, if you're using like wood crates and things like that, you know, your, your battle's half over with the color coding, you know, because it's, oh, a, for it's sure. A, yeah. So. And on that clinic, I think it's on that clinic. I did a, a comparison. I did, I think I did the Eagle and I did uh, one with a flat black, one with a flat khaki and one with a flat white. And right. then I put the paint over all three of them to see which effect I like better. And the khaki from my eyes won. Yeah. So that's it. It's all about experimenting. I just try things out. Now you said There's you another... use acrylics. I mean, what kind of a, what yeah. kind of an acrylic paint do you use? Okay, so I was using Craft Store Acrylic, and I'll be mm -hmm. honest, I'm not a fan. And I think I've heard you guys talk about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I've moved away. We have I've variations, yeah. Okay. I've moved away from the Craft Store Acrylics mm -hmm. because I found something that worked really well for me. And um, I like the – and they're basically Craft Store Acrylics, but better. And what I mean by that is I, I've gone to um, paint – that are a little bit thinner, so they're they're high flow acrylic. So they're typically the types of paints that you would use in an airbrush. So I guess they've just been thinned a little bit. So Vallejo makes some, and mm -hmm. I think there's some Golden, and there are other. They come in like little sort of nipple bottles, little sure. sort of, you know, little. I don't know how many ounces these are, right? But you you see them. They got like little white tops. Sure, yeah, I have some. And uh, they're like a, little squeeze bottles. AK makes them in. AK yeah. and um, McGammo, they make that kind of stuff. Yep. You got it. You got it. Right. So those little, they look like contact lens solution eyedropper bottles. Uh, right. And I've recently found a set. I went, I knew that I was going to go down the painting rabbit hole because it's, it's fun. Uh -huh. So I, 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 that some of these things start to get expensive. So you also never know what sort of colors you're going to want. So I found a company called the Army Painter and they have a line of paints called War Paints. Oh. And I really like these. I, I bit the bullet and I got their, you know, there I went on to, you know, the company that that seems to deliver things to everybody's door every five minutes. Mm -hmm. So I went on to my, my Amazon.ca and I looked them up and I think they offered, I forget what it cost, but they offered one of these you know, things that's like 50 paints for a hundred bucks or something like that. Like I bought the right. big set. And boy, am I ever glad that I did. Now, they all have incredibly funny names. Like, I'm looking right now. Like, it's not forest green. It's goblin green. <laughs> and it's bar and my, my go-to skin color is now barbarian flesh. <laughs> and uh, I've That's cool, a though. Lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, ogre snot, believe it or not. The names are awesome, right? <laughs> so they're all of these um, uh, wargamer. They're, yep. they're really meant for the... Um, the market we were talking about, like the Dungeons and Dragons and, yeah. and War Gamers. War Gamers, so sure. they have like, yeah, like my my go to red is called Dragon Red. So they all have wonderful names. And the beauty of these things is they're going to last me three lifetimes because I'm painting with a drop, like a right. literally a droplet. Yep. Uh, I found that you don't need much, you know, barbarian flesh or, or ogre snot. You know, yeah. you need. A tiny drops worth. So this army uh, painter war paint set, it's incredible because it just comes with, you know, more colors than you'd ever think you need. And, you know, who knew that I'd be painting, you know, pheasants or peacocks. Right. And, you know, the colors have come in quite handy. 
Yeah. So oh, yeah, uh, I really, yeah. So, so uh, the other thing too is it's, it's really the brush. I mean, it's less about the paint and more about the brush. I was going to so go there next, but am, that, I'm glad you started. Yeah if, if, yeah. if I am using, doesn't really matter, you know, what paint, whether it's cheap paint or gritty paint, what I find I end up doing is I end up uh, really watering it down and I almost don't paint with paint. I paint with water that has a little bit of paint in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so most of what I'm doing are like thin washes mm -hmm. and just building up layers of washes right. uh, and using, of course, a very, 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 you know, triple zero, very, very fine brush. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent to that. We talked about that on the show many times is I don't mind, especially for my fine detail things. I will go to the store to an art supply place and I will pay a higher end dollar on, on a, on a brush that is going to, uh, on a even if it's a little tiny triple zero or double zero brush. Yeah. Um, uh, I will pay the higher price because I know that brush is going to hold up for me and stay in good shape. I also clean them out very well and use a brush cleaner and all that. But, um, so I'm, Brett can tell you how anal I am about very. brushes. Uh, uh yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I, I wish, I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I got a whole bucket full of these ones that are, that they used to be nice, but they're no longer nice. Um, how does that happen? How does that, it's like you buy a super expensive brush yeah. and you're like a hundred percent diligent about cleaning it. And yeah. then you look down and you're like, Oh, God sakes, man! You're like, and then there's the world that I to... And then there's the other brush that yeah. you paid a, a, you know, a dollar for or two dollars for, and you got it six of them in a pack, and it looks like it yeah. did the day you bought it five years ago. Yeah, I know. Life, life is cruel. <laughs> it's like a pair of now, good sunglasses. You're gonna lose the good sunglasses, and the ones that you bought at the gas station are going to last you for 10 years it's the same same <laughs> philosophy yeah and then you got a box filled with them yeah, yeah. <laughs> now i've got a question for you yeah have you ever heard of something called a wet palette yes yes i've used okay. i have a wet palette i have every okay, palette good. known to man i am a palette yeah. collector uh, uh, it's, a, it's like a fetish that. for me yes well i i share the same <laughs> affliction because <laughs> I started watching, I started watching, like when I started getting into painting, I realized that model railroad channels don't have a lot to offer when it comes right. to technique. So I started watching uh, all the YouTube videos of these uh, war gamers. Yep. And, oh my God, they're light years ahead of us in the hobby. Yes. Some of these military modelers and war, war painters and war, war gamers, it's like insane. And there's one guy his name is Squidmar or something. I'll have to look it up. But there's one guy who's like probably from Denmark or Sweden or something. And he oh, those guys are great. They got the best accents too. <laughs> oh my God. And they're so incredibly talented. And yep. they do things, you know, which is probably why I'm using like Ogre Snot and Barbarian Flesh and, <laughs> you know, other things like that. But they do things uh, that I'd never even thought of. Uh, you know, and that's really where I learned about a wet palette. I made myself like a $1, $2 wet palette with mm -hmm. like a, you know, a piece of Tupperware and some, a sponge and it's not yeah. fancy. It's like a homemade yeah. one uh, that I made myself. Yeah. I actually think I might want to go and invest in a good one, but just 
painting with that wet palette is probably uh, the thing that really changed the way I approached painting. Right, right. So, and, you know, they are so much in, easier to work with. They keep your paints fresh. 100%. And uh, I, can, I can close it all up and come back to it. And I don't have to pour out more paint and clean out other little palettes and all that. It's all ready to rock, you know? So if, especially Absolutely. if you're painting and figures, uh, let's say you're painting people figures and you have, you have like yeah. 30, 20, 30 of them uh, with a wet palette, I can get a lot of them done that way, you know? Totally. And yeah. if, if anyone doesn't have a wet palette, you can make one for a couple bucks. Yep. And you don't have to buy one and just Google it or watch a YouTube video, how to make a wet palette. It's going to completely change the effects you get on painting. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, one of the things I'm going to share with everybody, I've been working on, I've told everybody about the Easy 8 tank that I've been building. It's just something as a distraction for me to try and model something bigger. I talked to several people. Uh, Jason Jensen has been modeling some bigger things. Kathy Malat has been modeling some bigger things. Um, Doug Fiscali, him and I had this conversation already uh in fact um about painting the tanks and we talked about painting stuff in a bigger scale and then coming back to the smaller scale to and and picking up and learning hey i just went from bigger to smaller where yet where yeah. you're forced to have to paint something larger and show more detail now i'm going to take the skills and draw them down into something small and see how that goes it'll it'll change how you paint um so Perfect. i'm learning with this this tank I'm building, and I'm probably never going to build another one of these. Um, I did order the Fos scale models, uh, 35, uh, 135th diorama scene to go with it. It's a it's a theater, um, a German theater and a cobblestone street. It's all done in hydrocal. Uh, I'm waiting for that to arrive, and then I'm, that's where this tank's going to go. But this is the first time I've done this since I was a kid, like a, a, a tank or a plane or a car, like you were saying earlier. I started sure. using these paints by Tamiya that they recommended. It's a Tamiya model. And I bought these little yeah. jars of all the different colors that it recommended for the tank. And um, and it's the first time I've used these. They're acrylics. And they are wonderful. I'm, I'm thinking nice. about stopping. I might not be buying much craft acrylics. And I might start buying this Tamiya stuff because it goes on and it's... It it doesn't. You need one coat. That's it. Uh, and oh, yeah. It's not. It's not thick. It just. It it covers well. It's, it's really pigment. nice. It's evenly dispersed. Like the the thing about uh, look, I've done. I, I I believe it or not, put like diluted craft store acrylic into an airbrush yep. and got it to work. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to suffer. And you know they do make you know. Model color, the Vallejo model color line is really good. Right. The golden fluid acrylics, the the Tamiya. There's a lot of great paint out there. Yeah. So, and it, I mean, the thing is, it's expensive because you're paying like three dollars a bottle instead of one dollar a bottle. But right. what I realized is the bottle is going to last me forever. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. Yeah. I'm only yeah. using a tiny itty bit, and I'm and I'm painting yeah. a much larger scale tank, and I'm hardly yeah. using any. You know, it's amazing. Totally. Uh, I'm, totally. I'm really impressed with it. And uh, so I may, as I'm taking this back, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe using some of these Tamiya colors on some of these uh, mini prints 
just to try them and see. I may have to, to I might have to thin them out a little bit, but um. Well, and when you do, and the key here is post the pictures and tag me because mm-hmm. I love, love, love seeing uh, what okay. everyone does and the paint jobs. I'm, I'm dying to see. It's like people interpret the models and and people have asked me will you paint them and i'm like no way like that's the fun part like all the mini prints come unpainted and what i want to do with mini prints is it's like i know you guys talk a lot about craftsman quality like you guys Uh do i have a horrible admission to make i've actually never built a craftsman kit in my life it's it's one of my new year's resolutions slash goals for this year (laughs) okay pick up a craftsman kit and build it you gotta start somewhere but i want to be I want to be like the craftsman quality of 3D print. Right. And I want it to be like, I don't want it to be like you buy it and it's painted and it's done and you put it on the layout. Like I want to provide the raw material for your creativity and your imagination. Like my, my tagline is make your model railroad come alive. And that's kind of a little bit of a play on the whole animal thing. But part of it is it's it's not meant to be like a, a ready made place on the layout. It's meant to, it's, it's a craftsman quality print for people who want to get their hands dirty, who want to be artistic, who want to get into it. Yeah. That's the fun part, right? Yeah. Well, I, yeah you sure. mean, you and wouldn't you know go. What? Every manufacturer. Sorry. Bro. I was going to say, you wouldn't go to any other manufacturer and say, hey, I want to buy your kit, but I want it to come pre-assembled and done. Yeah. Yeah. They'd and all laugh at you. Our, like, and every one yeah, of our manufacturers gonna, we've had on, like. Uh, we've had Jeff Grove on and we've talked to him about this from Carolina Craftsman Kits or Doug Fiscali or, <laughs> you know, any of these guys that make kits. Um, uh, K- uh, Casey's Workshop with Kenny Crump. We've had all these guys on and they've all said the same thing that you're saying right now. And, and, and I think that's part of one of the loves of what they do is that they like to see what their customers who buy them can do with them. And they all want to see it. Uh, the guy who has the boats, Bruce Nickerson up at uh, Seaport Model Works, uh, same deal. He's all, he loves getting the photos and, or seeing the photos of people's finished work. And if they change it up and do something truly unique with it, that even makes these guys, they love that even more. If you don't build Doug's kit the way he has it designed, um, he loves that fact that Somebody like Jason Jensen took it and turned it into the superstructure by kit bashing it with somebody else's kit. And uh, he, they love that stuff, you know? Um, totally. Well, you know, you guys you guys did your Halloween build, right? Right. Right. Yep. You, you did the four. Well, I think two of the four submissions used mini prints. Yeah. And that was like, for me, that was like, like my happy moment. Like when I saw that. <laughs> And I saw like what people done and the creativity and the expression and, you know, just how wonderful it was. Like, that's a kick. That's really, you know, that's, yeah. like, you don't get, you don't get better than that. It's like, that's oh, a man, compliment so to you. Cool. Yep. Well, that's a, a huge compliment to you and your product, you know, and that's got to make you feel good to see that from some other modelers. And they, those, those Huawei models, by the way, they were off the charts. Insane. They were insane. Well, and we even, yeah. we even di- we even died in one of them because uh, one was a yeah a cemetery with our initials on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but you know, it's, oh well, you know that's so, that's so cool. Now, that's the comedy of it. <laughs> now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of people when they print 
figures, they often talk about how they like to put like pigment, uh, chalk pigments on them and stuff when they're done. Um, I am yeah. not one of those people. Um, I've painted many figures and you can see some of them. Uh, the r most recent one was on that boat I was telling you about. And, um, yeah. uh, I, I don't do that. Um, I think the, it depends on your painting style. If you can use your paints and make them look a little more dulled down without having to use the pigments, I like that better. So I know some people like to use the pigments. It may, brings out more detail, they say. I, I have not been a proponent to that. I know a lot of people that do. Do you – do you, is that one of the techniques in your painting that you use chalk pigments? Yes and no. Yes and okay. no. I did it on the donkey because I painted the donkey and I'm like, hmm, something's missing. And I dusted the donkey. I do use quite a lot of the um, – oh, what is it? Uh, hang on. Oh, pan pastel. I, yeah, I do like pan the pan pastel. Mm -hmm. And I do that more for structures and, um, you know, I've used it on rolling stock wheels and things like that. So yeah. I do quite like the pan pastels. I dusted the donkey because the donkey didn't look right. And the minute I kind of put a little bit of sort of gray, brown, dusty pan pastel on the donkey, it looked like a donkey. So I guess maybe donkeys just roll around in the dirt. I also yeah, they do. On the <laughs> yeah. So, so that was like okay, prototypical. And, I guess my donkey was too clean. And, and I shouldn't knock, and I, I shouldn't knock that technique because there are things I had dusted, okay, because yeah. they have to be done that way. And, you know, not yeah, everything. I need to rephrase that. So, not everything yeah. I, I, that I do is like that. But yeah, the African elephant, like elephants are dirty, so you yeah. got to dust the African elephant. Overall. Sure. I haven't done it very much. It's funny. I did it on the elephant and I did it on the donkey. And then you start going, Hmm, I wonder what else I can do it on. So you throw it on something else like a mountain goat. It doesn't work. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, when and where appropriate, I'll tell you what I am starting to experiment with though. And it's in the same vein. It's the same, but different. So, um, these, uh, army painter quick shade, uh, the army painter paints came with things called quick shades, soft right. tone and hard tone. And they're washes. And I think that they're, I haven't gone too deep into it. I probably should read the instructions that came with it. But I think they're, um, they're not acrylics. I don't, I don't think they are. There's some sort of maybe, I don't know, they're just different. There's some sort of uh, toning but, wash. And I started to, like, basically, I'll do all my painting. And then you just dunk your figure in these washes, right. uh, dark tone or light tone. Are they enamel? man. They must be. Yeah. Uh, I should probably Google it and figure it out. But yeah. it's probably some sort of enamel wash or something. Right. Let's see. Shake light. The I uh, can't see what it is. Uh, but it's amazing. I, it, it's like there's some sort of little magic in these bottles yeah. because these washes really do bring out you know, the nooks and crannies. And the funny thing is, it's like you were saying, you look at these things under the microscope, and if you just flat prime them, you're not really getting the detail, but the minute you do sort of dust them or dip them, uh -huh. uh, you start to see the faces pop out. And it, there's a lot more detail in the 3D print that you can pull out either with washes or, um, you know, tones or right. dusting. Uh -huh. Sure. So I'm, I'm all in favor of it. I just, I haven't experimented that much with it. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's a really interesting 
avenue and I'd, I'd encourage people to to try it and send me pictures because i'd love to see it well we're going to do that for sure the other the other set you sent us i didn't really talk about that was a december set it's got a santa claus with a uh a sack on his back of toys and another santa claus uh standing there i don't i'm trying to see what he's doing he looks like he's he looks like he's Santa Claus. He's got his hand up to his mouth. It looks like he might be smoking a bong. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He, he... What the heck? There's a prototype for everything. Yeah, no, he's, he's uh, I don't know what he's got his hand he, up to his face. He's got his he's finger. Doing. He's got his, his finger. Oh, up. he's saying he's shush. Okay, he's saying gotcha. Shush. He okay. knocked down the chimney. The kids are standing in front of him. He's like, shh. Leave it to my gotcha, dad. Gotcha. Okay, and then over here you got a we got a penguin, and then we also yeah. and it's so realistic this penguin. It's not like this is not a this is not like any any birds I've ever seen. These birds you do are insane, and then he's got some Christmas wreaths in there, um, yeah. and then he's got a whole mess of deer. Are they deer or elk? What are they? They're, they they are. got a big rack. These things have huge racks. Hold on. Look at one of the noses. One of the noses on them should be painted. Oh, it is a reindeer. They're reindeer. Okay. Yeah. And this one here has... Uh, he did, lost did, an did I dip Rudolph's nose in red? The I only time two. I've ever sent out a... Only time I've ever painted a mini print. Yes, it's red. But, yep. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, they're... they're, they're and his antler reindeer. fell off. I can glue that back uh -oh. on. What do you, re what do you uh -oh. recommend... To, if for let's say an antler falls off, what do I? Yeah. What do you recommend glue wise for putting them on? CA, CA. CA, okay, yeah, that's what I would yeah. use anyway. So. Or happy to send you a new one. What's that? Uh, or I'll send you a new one. No, no, we're good. I can fix that. That's easy. It's just it's yeah. just one antler it was not. It's not a problem. So, but that that is cool. These are really cool. Brett, you're getting some of these. We're going to split them I up. I can't wait. You're going to paint some, too. I can't wait to hide yeah. a Santa in our city somewhere. Just like... Yeah, me too. As my dad would say, the, bo the bong Santa, but no, the shh Santa. I like that. <laughs> what would be really cool is if we could hide him on like a rooftop with a shh, like he's near a chimney. like Kind of like yeah. George Celios has that Batman hidden. Yeah. We, yeah. Could hide the, we could hide the Santa near one of the chimneys, and he's like shushing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's not so a bad if idea. You go, if you go to Mini Prints, if you're on the website, miniprints.ca, mm -hmm. and you go to the objects, because I've also got, you know, you know, someone wanted Adirondack Muskoka chairs or coffins. So I also do some objects. Although I don't want to do too many objects, because, I mean, I, I, I never right. wanted to be the guy that did, like, you know, air compressors or battery boxes or right. locomotive horns. Just because I think that's taken care of. Like, I don't want to redo or replicate what other people are doing. Right. You know, the whole idea is to be different. So I'm not looking here to sort of like, you know, you know, reproduce all the other great stuff that's out there. There's going to be some overlap, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure I'm not the only person in the world that's ever done jack-o'-lanterns, but yeah. um, hopefully they're different enough. But if you look under the objects section, you'll see on the wreath. I yeah. have a little scene I did of Santa standing on the back of the caboose. I threw a couple of wreaths on the caboose, and that's yeah. the Santa that, that I sent you. He's, he's got his finger up going. I love it. Shh. <laughs> so that's, that's what that's he looks so like. That's so cool. 
And you well, do we these cover a lot of ground tonight. Well, and you yeah. do these for multiple scouts. So we did a lot of talk about H O and uh, you know what oh, yeah. we love. But you also do these prints in S and O. Do you do other scales for some stuff too? I did. So it started with H O, and then um, the S scale guys and the O scale guys came knocking. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing, as you know about a file, is once you've got it, it's scaling it up or down. Yeah, it's easier. So I'll offer every, every mini print is available in H O, S. Oh, and I've even had a couple of guys say, can you print this out in one to 29? Can you print this out in one to 32? So, so yes, the answer is pretty much anything. A lot. Most are available in N scale, but, and I'm amazed. I've actually been able to get N scale out in the bald eagles and the seagulls, which I never thought I would, Wow. but not. Every not everything is end scalable, and that no no end scale again. crabs. That's not gonna happen. The ones that are in nature, the ones that are in nature look like they're just so tiny. Oh, they're unreal. You know the end oh. scale guys want everything, and I empathize with them. And I've yeah. been able to get all my figures out in end scale, which I didn't think I could do. Uh, most animals are available in N scale. Uh, I will do my darndest to try and get everything out in every scale, but there are just some things that we hit the limitations of the printer. Yeah. And my, and my eyesight, to be honest. Um, <laughs> you know, I've already got the maximum magnification. There's some things I just can't see. Yeah, I'm sure that the. I'm the same age as you, probably. And uh, I think we're very close. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing. I'm 56, and I, all you have to do is say oh, you're close. So, <laughs> yeah, um, we're within two and, years. Two years. Okay, good. So it's, and I notice that I have pretty good eyesight. Don't get me wrong, and I do wear bifocals, um, and I've learned to work with them to be able to paint small detail. However, I'm noticing that I'm going to have to make a change on these things, and you know, and, and when you get super, super small like that, I can work with it for a little bit, but I got to take a break with my eyes. After a good 20 minutes or so, I had to get up and just kind of walk away and then come back because I'll, I'll oh, feel yeah. the strain a little bit, you know. So and I, I think that happens with a lot of us modelers as we get older. Oh, for sure. uh, Yeah. So. But that's yeah, awesome. I think that's why Everything's awesome. you see a progression. I mean, yep. all of us HO scale guys are going to have to go to O scale at some point. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Well, then, then the other problem is that as you get older – you need less room in your home, or you may even downsize your home, but then you had to upsize your train, so now you don't have the room for the O scale. <laughs> but um, we're all going to be building modules at one point. There you go. Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty cool but idea. Yeah, I've been no, thinking about most, that. Most myself. things, you know, most of the I'm, I'm just looking at the N scale collection, and there's I've got a whole section called the N scale gallery. I think pretty much everything is there. I mean, you know. I don't think the, the, the N-scale guys should be happy. Right. Yeah, There's it's, it's it's getting bigger for them now. It really is. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, it's uh, growing. Yep. Well, I think we've covered a lot of ground, and we're, we, we're, we're approaching two hours and about two hours show. Yeah, that's so, a, um, wow. a two hour, 15 minutes on this, uh, about 10 minutes. But still, um, that's awesome. We, we loved your product. I'm so glad. Thank you for sending us a sample so we can talk about it tonight. And we're going to paint these up and we're going to print them out. I mean, print, print them out, photo them, and send them out to you. 
and uh, we'll, we'll show you those. And of course, you see, we we always anything we do, we pretty much put up on our Facebook and and uh, let others see it as well. Um, but we will put a link up to in the show notes uh, for the for all our listeners to go to that show notes on there and on our website when you when you go check out the uh, the uh, podcast and look up his look up Bernard has all the stuff on his mini prints. So please go there, check out his website. Uh, you will be just amazed at the super cool product that he has. Um, and we're so grateful. Thank you for being on tonight and all the it great was tips. A pleasure. Yes. It was a lot well, of fun. Well, I'm, for us too, we had a good time. <laughs> I'm personally looking forward to trying some of these prints out that my dad has and uh well and, we're gonna order some too i yeah. just thought about that because I, I i saw a bunch i'm gonna yeah you're gonna be getting an order real soon <laughs> awesome awesome and i'm gonna start working on the boat figures oh that's that's a great idea like i said with the back well, real quick go to that i i didn't want to use i didn't want to order prizer boat figures again because i've used them in a couple other places in our town i think i had the same person walking around in four different places so um, I have, I took some work guys, some work figures that had like hard hats and I'm like, well, yeah. you know, they, they looked like they could work on a boat. They were positioned like they could be easily painted up to work on a boat. No problem. Give them a black jacket or a yellow jacket and some, you know, blue pants or whatever. And, and, uh, give them galoshes, you know, paint their shoes up like black galoshes, easy stuff. Right. But, but the, but the hard hat. I'm sitting there looking at the hard hat. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Well, you know, back in the day, I could take it back to, and in, in today's modern fishing world, you may be able to use, a, maybe they do wear a hard hat. Maybe OSHA requires that or, or American version of OSHA. I don't know what the Canadian version of OSHA is, yeah. but maybe they require them to wear a hard hat on the boat. I don't know. I don't know the safety rules. However, I took the a file and shaved the top of this guy's hard, uh, hard hat and kind of flattened it and made it look like um, like a, a wheel cap or something from back in the 30s and 40s and a, a mechanics cap or that kind of thing. Sure. And they all and it, and it gave that look. And it even it it they actually looked like fishermen's hats and just painted them black and they looked pretty good. Um, but I you know I don't want to have to do that. I want some fishermen that look like fishermen, but not the same ones all the time. So can I make? Can I make a, a plea to your listeners and, and, and also a request? Sure. If I'm working on right now. So most of what I'm doing now is stuff that people want. So I'm doing some, uh, I'm working on right now, a really cool set of uh, guys, you know, the guys that would shovel ice into the reefers in like the thirties and forties. Uh -huh. Yeah. No, nobody makes those. So the guys with the big long poles and the ice, the ice guys. So I'm doing a whole set of guys uh, for ice reefers. Uh, I'm doing a whole set of guys for a mining layout and a whole bunch of guys for a logging layout. Oh, nice. And these are, yeah. So these are all requests that have come in. So what I ask people to do, if you've got something you want, like boat figures, what I love are prototype photos. So email me. I'll give out, I'll give out my email on the air if I can. It's yeah, Bernard do it. At, Bernard at miniprints.ca. And you guys can throw it in the show notes if you want. It's on the website too. If there's anything you want to see, no promises. But if it catches my fancier, you know, a lot of people want it. And I know that a lot of people will want the boat figures. Send me some pictures of what you want to see in terms of the poses, the clothing, 
and that'll then be the inspiration. I've got a whole file Perfect. folder just filled with, you know, like photo references of, oh, you know, one day, no promises, mm-hmm. but one day I'll get around to making that. Cool. That sounds like that's, a deal. That's, that's great. So there you go, people. Yeah. You know, if you want it and you're interested in it and he, no promises, but, you know, send an email to, to Bernard and see uh, if that's something that he may be interested in doing, he thinks is worthwhile and, and uh, let's, let's uh, get, get those ideas out there. Cause Hey, you're ma- The imagination of this hobby is limited to what we can come up with. And uh, these manufacturers such as Bernard, he's, he, he needs to know what it is that you people want. So he can offer something that's going to, that's going to be beneficial to both your layout and him. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. And then we can do another show where I can tell you all the crazy requests I got. <laughs> <laughs> we will definitely do another show. I'm down with that. For sure. We get a lot of, we have a lot of our guests that are always repeat. So we will definitely have you on again and, um, and, and you know, talk about more of your product and more of the mini prints. And we, I want to get into more of the, the, uh, the art of the scenery and everything else. So we, they, these are topics we really ran out of time with tonight, but, um, definitely we, we had a heck of a show tonight. Really definitely. Did. Fantastic. Yes. Well, well thank you very much for being happy, on. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy and New happy Year. Happy New Year to you too. Thank you for your time tonight, Bernard. And I hope our listeners enjoy this different type of manufacturer. Uh, and I know a lot of our listeners have already, uh, been, been, purchasing from you uh some prints i know a couple guys had the sasquatch a couple things like that and like you said with the halloween builds you saw some work in there from you as well so um hopefully if you are listening and you haven't checked out his stuff you can head over to miniprints.ca and uh check out some of what the awesome things he has available so thanks again bernard uh it's a late night here it's like 10 o'clock so i gotta yeah. i gotta <laughs> get up too he's in toronto Oh yeah, I, oh yeah. Your same time zone. I got to get up and get my daughter ready for her last day of virtual school tomorrow. So, uh, and then she's back in person finally. So, um, got a busy day ahead of us. But I do appreciate your time, and I thanks for giving me some tips on my three D printer as well. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. All righty. Thank you, sir. Have a good night.